All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the third episode of the Lost Remote Podcast. I'm Brian DeFever, and I'm here with my friends. Introduce yourselves, gentlemen. I'm Zach Grossman. And I am Arthur, no last name. Nice. Well, uh, <laughs> this is the third episode. We're covering uh, The Blob, and uh, it's a creature feature. Uh, we've already done our spooky, spooky ghosts. We've done our slasher monster killer guy, and now we're doing the creature feature. So, uh, gentlemen, how you like The Blob 1988? Well, first, I just want to point out this is our third episode, and we did our first two on time, week after week. And then I think going into the Blob episode, it's extremely ironic that I got knocked off the air for a, a week because of ice. So I just want to point out that I got kind of a 4D experience of the Blob. <laughs> Maybe you're even safe. 5 or 6D. You're safe yeah. from the Blob because yes. you couldn't handle the weather outside. Exactly. So... Uh, first off, for our dozens of listeners at this point, our apologize, uh, our apologies for uh, breaking schedule, technical difficulties outside of our control. But yeah, the Blob. I I'm a fan of any kind of '80s great practical effects movie, and this has just some great gore that I love. Zach is uh, all right stop zach coming in hot let's let's <laughs> yeah. take an overview of this real quick yeah. uh the blob of course it's a remake of the steve mcqueen blob movie uh this time our main man is local town bad boy kevin dillon in a very leather jackety role with a very shoulder forward walk um just excellent focus like i said on on practical effects uh it's some very ingenious kills throughout a little twist off the original version of the blob uh, with a bit of a man-made uh, effect on there and just bit of what curve. i think is a pretty fun ride throughout uh, a lot of good like uh, several faces of oh that guy you know and things like that uh, and just everything you could ask for when you're doing an 80s horror night i want to say something about the movie that I noticed when I was watching it um, as people were getting hurt by the blob, I actually felt bad about the people who were, cause you, it, it was almost, you got to know them a little bit more than you usually would in a modern horror uh, where people get slaughtered like this. Um, I just actually, I, I could, I felt like I could connect a little bit with the, uh, pretty much everyone in the town it's like this is a small town sure like the diner lady that's a lady at jerry's like we've yep. all met her you know she's kept the pie warm and called you hun or something yeah. uh yeah it it's very authentic very good small town feel uh i love any movie that does like a lead fake out uh as such as the <laughs> the <Yeah>. date night <laughs> yep. And and again, just you know, we've talked about. It all. I put it in the comments now in the podcast description. The movie we're talking about. There's spoilers, so uh, go watch the Blob with Kevin Dillon if you haven't yet, and then come back and listen. Looks like Zach's back. Zach, broad thoughts. Yeah, I didn't drop. 
<laughs> I can see everything, man. Uh, so anyway, yeah, the the Blob is uh, it's really fun. Like you said, it's a really great remake of the original with Steve McQueen. There are some shots in there that they paid tribute to the original, which I found yep. was just fun. Um, I I always like when you can pay tribute and twist and make your own kind of adaptation off of a story and keep it fun and light. And uh, uh, yeah, I man, it's been so long since I've seen this. I have the last time I watched this was with Brian, and I think we were I was eight. Mm-hmm. It was the last time I saw it, so uh, I did not remember the uh, switch. Like I I didn't remember Paul Taylor being the the throw out there. Like he's going to be the hero, you know? He's the <laughs> jock. He's going to be the hero, and then. You know, 20 minutes in, he's no hero. He's not even yeah. full anymore. He's just goop. Yeah. So it's awesome not to have like the, the later, like the tug at the heart moment. It's just like Paul's dead details later, you know, like, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. And plus I, 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 and obviously a lot of people love that kill at the hospital because it's oh. it's on the movie poster, it's on DVD covers, it's on all sorts of stuff. Like when I look at this DVD I have of it, it's Paul's face getting stretched behind it. But the um the the funniest shot to me is also awesome, but it's this idea that the blob is not just moving around, it's that it's the sentient stalker thing. Because it hiding behind the door, that reveal is so good. Like this is the uh, the most jazzed I've been on one of the kills so far on one of the movies we've watched. I I just love it behind the door, <laughs> like that reveal of like a Michael Myers, but it's the blob. You know, <laughs> I, I yeah. love that update to it. And there's so many little personality traits and things it has throughout the movie. Uh, but that hospital just set up is so brutal so brutal like and you just get this oh we're in for some some gore and i love it i just absolutely love it the the thing i like most about the hospital scene because the hospital where he dies where paul dies is just it's crazy i didn't see it coming when i watched it i really didn't but then whenever you have a Instantly, the cops are like, well, we know it's Kevin Dillon that killed them. Let's go get him. <laughs> yeah. Good old Brian Flagg has some melting sticks or something. You know? <laughs> um, so you touched on... Buckets of acid. Yeah. The, you know, those kids with leather jackets and their vats of acid. Uh, Zach, you said your first time watching it was over at Brian's. Brian, was that also your first time or had you already seen it? God, man, I don't even... like. It could have been earlier than that, but I doubt it. I mean, that's just one of those movies. Like, what what sticks with you a lot when you're a kid that age isn't so much the story, right? Because we obviously, you know, we, we didn't care at the time we were kids. But the visuals stick with yeah. you. Yeah. So that's what I, you remember. <laughs> yeah, as we start to talk about the plot in a little, <laughs> I have something to admit on that um, that I'll get to. But the first time I saw it, I didn't get to see the whole movie. <laughs> it was going to be on Channel 25, which I don't think it was a Fox station yet. I think it was when it was like an unaffiliated channel or whatever, when it was 17, maybe. <laughs> I grabbed a tape, you know, because next to your TV, you have your VHS tapes there for recording. Yep. I grabbed a tape, I put it in, and I set the timer. And then... It was going to be done at like nine. I wasn't going to be able to 
get to watch it that night. I go to watch it the next day and I'm watching it and it cuts off maybe before Paul dies. And I'm like, what's going on? And it starts to do the auto rewind and I pull it out and I look at it and it's got a label on the top and it's this workout tape my sister had bought. And, you know, those like tapes that would be like workout tapes and stuff like that. They only have like 17 or 25 minutes loaded on them. They're not full two hour, four hour tapes. So I guess this tape didn't have the safety tab pulled, even though it was a commercial tape. So I got in trouble because I ruined my sister's, you know, $15 workout, you know, thing. And I didn't get to watch the darn movie. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so the blob has always had this special place in my I, I got in trouble heart of like I'm sorry for my sister not getting you know whatever thighs or glutes or whatever it advertised I forget whose workout video it was but it's just it's just the funniest thing to me and I've just always whenever I think about the blob I think about that stupid workout tape and how I got in trouble but it wasn't my fault it wasn't in the right case and it didn't have the tab. That's two points of failure. So yeah. So I don't know when I actually got to watch it whole for the first time, uh, but because not getting to see it always stood out as a bigger memory. <laughs> uh, Zach or Brian, favorite kill? Uh, I will go. I'll start. Uh, my favorite kill. It's a rough one because there's some brutal ones in there, but they don't really visualize the blob that much. That are pretty cool. But my favorite kill is the film projection booth. Oh yeah, the guy oozing from the ceiling. Yeah, that and was a good one. What's the uh, what's the quote right before that? <laughs> I don't remember. No, what you were telling me at the beginning before we. Oh, started oh, that quote. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Hockey season ended months ago. <laughs> There's. There's a supercut somewhere that needs to be made or fan films that need to be made of the movies within the movies. Like I want to see Groundhog Day 8 or 7 or whatever from Monster Squad. I want to see whatever this movie was in The Blob. Uh, They always seem pretty good. Was it it Garden Tool Slasher or something? I can't remember what the name was. It was great. (laughs) Uh, My favorite kill in this actually was... uh, Candy Clark, and whenever she's oh. in the phone booth and it's crushing her, and then you see uh, Jeffrey Demun, like the sheriff, and he's right outside of it, and oh. it, you see his, oh, it's just great. Like it's, it's so, the second time you get to see what actually the, or third time I guess, with the exception of Paul and the old man, that you get to see exactly what the blob will do, like how it just basically you get you get to see it digest people. So, <laughs> like them. Brian was talking about, where you actually feel these. That felt like a character that was going to live. It felt like something was going to happen there to push the blob off the phone booth. It felt like some save was coming and then it doesn't. And I felt that one like that one. Holy cow. It hurts. hurts. And and, and frankly, when she was calling for the the sheriff, I was like, oh, no, she's going to die. And now he's going to, he's going to, you know, he's going to miss out. They were having a thing at the beginning of the movie, you know, they were going to meet up. This totally ruined their night. And at least, you know, she didn't die alone because he was technically somewhat still alive because his eyeball moves. Yeah. Do you think it stands out because in the eighties, 
more of the kills and things like that follow the quote-unquote rules? Is it because it's people who don't deserve it and didn't do anything and are just these townspeople that had a night that got interrupted by the blob? Is that what resonates more? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, I think it, they set it up. They were going to have a nice night. And they and you feel like they deserved it. Well, she gave out free gone. pie. She gave out sand. I mean, did the kids coming into the diner get her killed? Would she have left before the blob got there? Would she have escaped death? Yeah, it just, ah, oh, it sucks. <laughs> I don't think she would have because I think no. he was, she was waiting for him to, for uh, the sheriff to meet her. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good yeah, point. So, yeah, it was. Okay. But, and then the, the most, actually, I take that back. The most satisfying kill of the movie was the, uh, oh, yeah. The, I know who you're talking the, about. The date rapist. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I got forgot. another one. I forgot about that one. Yeah. That uh, was pretty, pretty satisfying because he's, you know, a date rapist. So I was pretty happy to see him die. Brian, I was uh, I was happy with the movie talker. No, yeah. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I watched this. This guy's game. gonna get sucked up by the blob. <laughs> that would have been the best line if someone would have said it in the movie, though. <laughs> yeah, I bet somebody the next night after night two went back to see it and uh, <laughs> hopefully spoke over that part. But yes, anytime anyone with a cell phone on in a theater or someone talking in a theater, or any kind of thing like that dies, uh, I think it's good for all of our souls. And that that should be the modern rules. You know, sex, drugs, whatever, those are fine. Telling the local sheriff to piss off, those are fine. You should live. Talking in the movie theater, instant death. Yeah, it's see, horrible. And you, Too bad we didn't get to see anything. <laughs> yeah. You, hey, you talk about that, and that, so, and you didn't like the first scary movie, but did you not like that scene where they all stab her when she's talking through the movie, like all the other people watching it go run and stab uh, the uh, the friend? I can't remember her name with the uh, Sean Williams or Sean yeah, Wayne. I, sorry, I definitely have not watched it since it came out, so I don't remember any of that. Don't remember it. But anyway, I'm glad to, to hear someone died in the movie theater that was being annoying. Uh, too bad so many had to go with him that's right oh and you see her friend in the theater her face half eaten off the other cheerleader with the glasses that was at the beginning of the movie he never got a line or anything but you recognize her i was like oh she found her friend dying in the row they cover a lot of detail that's a good point um, you know, it's you know, a it's, small town is like that. If we had the blob rolling through Weatherford, it would have been like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least the downtown part. If the Vista Theater would have been hit by the blob. Open. Yeah. <laughs> it's 180, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our our local downtown Main Street Theater got turned into a cool youth center with a uh <laughs> a pr- evangelical twist, I would say. So it was to help you make a 180 in your life. In your life. Because you know But what if you were a good person when you went there? Were they churning well, out new Kevin Dillons every day? <laughs> like they just yeah. handed out leather jackets to the good people coming in? I wonder. That's right. Well, I just want to know how many 13 year olds really need to turn their life around. Yeah. Uh, many. <laughs> no. Uh <laughs> so this movie, like this is the first time where I mean, obviously, in Exorcist, you've got 
you know, coach and Mr. Incredible and all that. And Hellraiser had oh, its poltergeist. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I I do that a lot. I think it's that's okay. yeah. Uh I, I I didn't have power for a week and I didn't have internet for ten uh, days. I so understand. I'm sorry. Um but this one, you know, is that first like several of those faces. Uh you've got your preacher was Del Close, which I did some which anybody who doesn't know what they're doing after college does a little improv, it feels like to me. Um Del Close was kind of like a godfather of improv and wrote one of the the Bibles of improv called Truth and Comedy and stuff. Uh, Kevin Dillon, obviously, I know Entourage gets some flack, but his character in there is a treat every time. And I wish they would have done some kind of special where they had gone back and done his fictional show Viking Quest and just had one episode as an episode of Viking Quest. Anybody watch Entourage? It's okay to admit it. This is a safe place. I have not, unfortunately. Zach? Yes. I have dabbled in a little entourage, but no, was not a big watcher of it. So the fun thing with Kevin Dillon's character is that he's playing a guy who is an older actor and his little brother is more popular, which in the Dillon family, Kevin Dillon fits that bill again. And he just he steals every aspect of it. And the show gets very repetitive and things like that. But. I I'm a big Kevin Dillon fan and seeing him with his little jaw look and his shoulder walk everywhere he goes just is a delight to me. Uh, something I didn't know until I was watching the DVD special feature. I say DVD. It was a Blu-ray special features this week. Uh, Bill Mosley was <laughs> the guard or the army guy or whatever in the sewers with the, I'm going to paraphrase, paraphrase the line and correct me if, I, however, I got it wrong, but the I think we should leave. That's <laughs> Bill Mosley, who you know Rob Zombie glommed onto, and who made his debut in Texas Chainsaw Massacre too as Chop Top. Like Bill Mosley's great. This was he was talking about. It, it was his first movie after he made got into Hollywood. It was his first job there. Um, uh, Shawnee Smith. We were talking a little bit before the show. Uh, had a little run with some of the Saw movies. I will be the first to admit, I've never felt like they were movies I wanted to see. I don't, I know, I think you guys have both seen them all yeah. or some of them. I've seen the first two. I, that's all I had interest for. The first one was amazing. The second, and then I just like, well, it's just the whole point is to see how much gorier they can be. And yeah, I've, it's I've, pretty gimmicky flick, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, not against them or anything if you like them out there, but. Sure. It's just yeah. like, you know, I was like, uh, some of it seems a little too try hard for me. Yeah, I mean, we're not here to poo-poo on what other people like, so we like some weird stuff. So No, and I go back <laughs> sometimes and discover my tastes have changed. And at some point, I want to give at least one of them a try. Uh, but I do kind of look at that as a time where I said, nah, I don't think the current horror scenes for me or quote unquote horror, you know, I know it's also referred to as torture porn and stuff. So not familiar with her work on there, I, but I do want to call out the thing with Del Close. And this is a very, I looked up some stuff on Wikipedia answer, but this uh -huh. is the funniest thing I had heard in a while. And when he died, he gave his skull to a local theater to be used in productions of Hamlet 
and he get credited as portraying Yorick. I, <laughs> so, which is such a baller move. It and is. It, That's excellent. And it leads me to our first question today, besides, well, I guess our second question, best kill. Eh, third question, first time he said. It leads us to a question today. What would you donate of your body and to what production, uh, be it a movie, sequel, or play, or anything? Zach. Are you, what? <laughs> if you were to, when you, a... when you die, what, what of your body or your whole body would you donate and to what production? Oh, man. I guess I could donate my left ear to anything that has to do with Van Gogh because they could just cut it off because it's useless anyway. <laughs> That's awesome. Brian? I would um, donate skin to be made into a Freddy Krueger glove. And Man. be credited as the glove of Freddy Krueger. That is wow. Outstanding. <laughs> uh, so even though this is my question that I put on the outline of what to think about, I tried not to not to consider what I would do. I think I'm gonna go with my brain to a future Robocop sequel, and they oh. could use it when they show like Robocop with his helmet off. And I say oh, sequel yeah. because I want to have Murphy wake up 50 years later or something. Like, I don't want another reboot or anything like that, but uh-huh. I'm going to give Murphy my brain. Uh, and I don't know if it can spin the gun or anything. I don't know if I've watched enough TJ Laser, but yeah, let's go uh, brain to Robocop for a sequel. Speaking of Robocop, the sheriff deputy who apparently got typecast yep. as guy who melts well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I was not the only one in note. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> when I see him in anything, the first thing I think of is him with the when they get the guns mm-hmm. and the, I like it! You know, his face doing that. And then, of course, the melty walk. Um, so... <laughs> that is... That stood out so much as a kid. My first time I saw RoboCop, I'm just like, that dude was a liquid bag of melt. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> the visuals, like I said, when you're a kid, the visuals stick. That's definitely one that stuck. Yeah. yeah. So, so you mentioned Shawnee Smith earlier, but you didn't mention the best thing that Shawnee Smith is in. And that is the follow-up to this movie, actually, in this Who's Harry Crumb with the great John Candy. <laughs> I need a hero. Yeah. yeah. It's been too long since I've seen Who's Harry Crumb. Uh, yeah, he's got the goodness. he's got the black belt and whatever in the yeah. boots to match. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so here's I, a sidebar on that. You know where Harry Crumb's at in the beginning of the movie? Where his office is before he gets to LA or wherever the main story takes place? No. Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's the love, field office he's in. I always love random Tulsa shout-outs. There's, there's random, there's always some random reference to Tulsa in things. They're always like, let's make it Oklahoma, but not so on the nose. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that is fantastic. I mean, 
Fletch, I don't think Fletch would, you know, mosey around Oklahoma, but Harry Crum, he's our hero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, doing a little research, talking about great 80s uh, horror. Did you look at who the director was and what his first movie was? No, I did not. No, I didn't either. Something else. In Dream Warriors. Oh, really? Yeah. So this guy had a solid. I don't dream no more. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 3 was uh, Chuck Russell's first movie. Uh, he also directed The Mask. Mm. Eraser. And The Scorpion King. So wow. I, I wish he would have stayed with Practical Horror. Yeah, uh, you know the mask is flawed, but there's definitely some cool stuff to it. Um, but the I mask is have... a fun watch. The mask is a very fun watch. I haven't seen it in a long time. I know I watched it quite a few times in the '90s, um, but it just did. It's one of those ones that I don't know if whoever had the rights didn't put it or something. It just kind of fell out of my my rotation at some point. Yeah, but I'd be oh, yeah, open. It's... It's not my rotation. I just remember having a lot of fun watching The Mask. But I also remember there was like a part where I'm like, why is this where this is going? But everything else is great. You know, it just, yeah. it's got a couple things where you're like, oh, if you just, whatever. So, you know, there was, there was quite a lot of little here and there peeps in this. And I just, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big yeah, fan. There's a like, lot. I, coming off the Hellraiser episode where it's like, I know I like this, but there's so many things I don't like about this. Mm-hmm. Like, this one is just so much more fun to me. And I think the last time I saw it, like, I keep track of my movies on IMDb, and now I've moved over to Letterboxd uh, as well. I think the last time I saw this was maybe four or five years ago. I forgot about the government plot. Oh, my. <laughs> really? They show up, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm used to the. I like this where the... it it, it kind of makes you think like it's gonna be an alien thing, like uh oh they they accidentally flushed the toilet and they got to come pick it up. Yeah, but then it's... I like the government plot. I, I love it. I the the oh. uh, I wish they wouldn't have. I so I had tonight when I was setting up my new microphone just to kind of have it in the background and get some refreshers. Cause we all watched it like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they wouldn't have played their hand with the music score when they're out there just meeting them. And the guy is so kind. I forget his name now. Uh, Chambers Chalmers or something like that. And then all of a sudden there's this really bump, bump, bah type of score when they're doing something. Yeah. Are you talking about the the head guy with the government, Doctor Doctor Meadows. Or whatever, Doctor Meadows? Meadows, Chambers, Chalmers, Meadows. You know, Chalmers. Chalmers. That might I don't close. Know the general ones. <laughs> but, but I, you know, it, there was just a little bit of a play their hand there. So at the beginning of the movie, I got to ask you this real quick: When you saw Kevin Dillon try to jump the bridge and he wipes out, did did anybody else know that there was a one thousand percent chance that that jump was going to come oh. back up later in the movie? Not oh, at all. Yeah, that I was... didn't see that coming. Nope. nope. <laughs> I like. There's little things that you know in movie making. There's always that stuff that just like catches you, and you're like, I really like how that was done. I love that getting cut with the football cheering. Yes. Yeah. I just. Love yeah. how that's put together. There's a lot of really cool filmmaking here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if uh, to the listeners, if you get the chance, check out the Shout Factory Blu-ray of the Blob. There are so many good interviews here. Like they have the monster maker. They have the special effects guy. They have something else. They have the guy that's like the practical shop guy. They have so many good interviews. There's a lot of good stuff to talk about around this movie. Um, And one of the things I didn't think about when you do a movie like this, where the blob is continually evolving, he was like, every time we show him, we had to build a different something. You know, because mm-hmm. he's growing, he's uh, uh, changing. And something else they pointed out, there was talk about, like, as he's going, it's he, I'm sorry, I don't want to gender the blob. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, as the blob is going, it would pick up blood. They were going to go redder and redder. And he's like, yeah, but it's going to get other stuff in there. So there was color shade stuff they would they would think about. There's a lot, a lot of really neat detail uh, in this, and one of the guys on it, he got his first movie with, uh, I believe, Howard the Duck. You know, like that was how he got his foot in the door in effects and stuff. And you just think about that time, like making uh, creatures during just the pre CGI age. Oh, it's man. this movie is oh, a trip. Yeah. Hey, it's just a it's a feast. Uh, not to hit it on the blobs, you know, be a little too nose on the how the blob works, but it's it's just got so much detail to look at in every watch. Uh, yeah, I mean, detail that, and a lot of that detail just makes you feel bad for the, the characters. Like I said, once again, um, when um, the daughter meets up with the parents at town hall after getting returned to town from the woods, you know, where's, where's the little brother? Yeah. Where's the little brother? Oh, he's at the movie theater with who? The the friend and the mother, I think the the parents of the friend are there too, wondering where the, everybody's at, and then they never see that kid again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, yeah, but he was kind of a bad boy. He was kind of a oh. Jerk. <laughs> he he was a bad boy. He liked watching horror movies and listening to his headphones when he's watching yeah. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not. Um, he's not a theater talker. Can we? <laughs> and he also like, doesn't know what the heck is said. I I wish I would have tallied the every time Kevin Dillon was super badass. But how nonchalant is him dipping out of the government van? <laughs> like he's just like later town and just like drops yep. off a van speeding down the the highway road. He's so awesome in this. <laughs> and like so there's okay, no, my <laughs> the thing I wanted to call out is there's this great part when he gets on the bike with her and they're starting to speed away and she he's like worried they're shooting and her hands interlock across his waist and his head is like looking worried and he turns back and he gets this quick smirk on his yep. lip. He has that little bit of acting right there and then he gets back into the I'm getting shot at and I'm badass and I'm on this motorcycle and I'm worried and we're going. But that little like in that shot to do the turn the little like heck yeah <laughs> like and keep mm-hmm. going i love that performance so much and that led me to be like man what else did kevin dillon do at this age and i've got to ask have you guys seen remote control yes i think i've seen it but i have a vague memories of it it's nothing clear 
Uh, it is going control. to be remote it, control. It will be a in the near future. We will be doing it as an episode. I I looked up. Of course, you look up on IMDb. What did they do? And this was one of those movies that felt like someone described it as a fever dream. Like you just you know someone asked you had you seen this before, but you definitely hadn't. And it's. Uh, let's just, we're going to tease it for a second and it's not going to be next episode, but we're going to, I'm going to make sure we do it soon. It's there's signal in the VHS tape and it makes people do stuff. And Kevin Dillon is the lead in it. And I followed up on it and watched it last night. And it was one of those, like immediately start texting people that are also in the same movie circle with me. And I'm just like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? And most, the one or two were yes. Several like, what? And I have to see that. It's almost like the stuff as for VHS. You know, it's 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 not like as on the nose as that. But I had similar feelings to the stuff, and, and so I'm going to tease it there, just as a '80s Kevin Dillon work. And I'm I'm really excited to get to that one. Because I want to watch it again. I want you guys to see that one again. And it's it's going to be something. I have so never seen it. Yeah. I've never seen Remote Control. I hadn't either. And it's one of those ones where you almost wonder, if someone else hadn't actually seen it, you would wonder, did this really come out in the 80s? Or did someone pull this weird fake on us and make an 80s movie a year ago and then just dropped it here? No, um, no, no. I understand that feeling altogether. And my movie that I had to keep telling people for over a decade, have you seen this movie where this thing's in it? And this turned out to be Garbage Pail Kids. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm serious. the near future list. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> yeah. I've never seen it, and I oh. need the excuse. Yeah, well, I, I did when I was a kid. I've seen it either. <laughs> I did when I was a kid, and the, like I said, visuals, once again, stick with you. And I remembered these throughout my adult life. And I would occasionally ask people, have you seen a movie with like this and this in it? And it's weird looking stuff, really weird looking stuff. And they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I thought I was a madman for at least two decades. And uh, turns out it's like, oh, no, you're fine. It's just uh, a very obscure, you know, dated movie. Sure. And uh, I own it now because I wanted to not be crazy to myself anymore. But, ah, see, it's real. It was made. <laughs> you wanted to make sure it actually existed. Yes, I held it in my hands. I put it in the DVD player and said, go. Zach, do you have your fever dream movie? Like your, I know this existed, but nobody really knows it. Man, there is a bunch of bad movies that I used to watch on uh, like HBO at, or movie channels that would come on like way late at night. And I probably should have been better taking school seriously when I was th at that age. But uh, man, one movie that I actually love, it's uh, I cannot remember the name of it, but when you had mentioned remote control, I actually mm -hmm. thought of this. It's with John Ritter. Mom and dad um, save the world or that is not with John Ritter. No, but, but I know what you're talking about. It's like got them in the little chair with the wheel or something. Yeah. With the TV Stay tuned. On it. Stay, stay tuned, tuned yeah. stay tuned. The, where yeah, they go I, to, it's, it's 
television from hell, satellite television from hell. Yeah, I love Stay Tuned, and I just could not remember the name of it. I haven't seen it in so long, but I remember growing up, and people didn't know what the heck it was. <laughs> I know I watched a lot of Mom and Dad Save the World. I don't know if I ever wound up seeing Stay Tuned or maybe once, but I know that cover. Like, the the the, the thing that always is a loss to me other than like the true theater experience is movie covers. Why, why did we lose the art of movie covers? How is that something we lost in one generation? You know, just iconic looking stick with you movie covers. And then we just switched to close up faces, Photoshopped onto a weird suit. Yeah. This old man on a, you know, yelling on the stump speech for, for the rest of my life will just be like, you know, I have a lot of movies on Voodoo, and every now and then, for some stupid reason, they update the covers, and it'll go from like the original Ninja T- Turtles the movie poster to just like a weird close-up of Michelangelo's head from Turtles yeah. Three. You know, and it's not even the same movie sometimes, and it's the wacky like I've got eyes that are crossed. You know, it just it's nails on chalkboard. I want movie posters to be art again or iconic right. scenes. On this, on this particular topic, I know we're going a little off, but on this particular topic, I think the best movie poster slash box art that I can even think of are pretty much the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series. Mm, I love absolutely. them. They're they're hand painted. Yes. They're very they're very psychedelic. They're great. Well, just the com- you know using the same artist, continuing it like that's one where you can point to it and go. These are movies that are together, you know. Well, and by the same token, you mentioned that, and that's that's I think with all the, uh, you know, really the mainstream classic horror movies, because you have the same kind of continuity a lot of, in um, besides the first Nightmare on Elm Street, but you know you have the or not Nightmare on Elm Street, but Friday the Thirteenth, and then you have that continuity with all the Michael Myers uh, Halloweens as well, the original ones. Like the original Halloween cover is just freaking amazing. It's just the pumpkin with the guy holding a knife. Yeah. And they keep, but I think that continuity, whenever you have that same series of of the 80s and 70s and 80s horror movies, makes up a big difference. Well, and yeah. of course, Star Wars did oh. it great, you know. Um, but yeah, I oh, just, yeah. I, I miss, I miss that so much. And I, I, I don't know. Um, double features. Let's get into it. What are you? What are you showing when you show um, somebody the blob? What are you pairing with it? Well, I uh, I'm gonna go first because I don't want anybody to steal my thunder. I, you may not, but um, I actually watched with the blob as a double feature because I watched it and was like, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I feel like watching this movie with the blob, and I watched uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. With yeah, the blob. nice. Um, they actually start out almost identical. Yep, that's Even what I was about to say. Down to the text used for the the movie credit openings. Yeah, awesome. I I love it. Like, yeah, that same like something dropped over here, and now the town has changed. And an old awesome. man dies. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's far well, less. Uh... <laughs> what in tarnation oh. hill yeah. going on here? Where's <laughs> my Pooh Bear? We're at some kind of milestone episode, like a 10 or a 25. 
Uh, we're definitely going for Killer Clowns, and it's just a treasure. So I, lo- I love that movie night. That's a great call. Zach, what do you got? Uh, man, I went back, actually, a little over a decade and odd. I pair with it is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I, I love Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I thought it's... my pick was campy. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I thought my picks were campy. <laughs> it's just it's just fun, man. It's it's to me it's fun. It's a fun pairing. That's that's a very interesting play. I like it. Uh, I would go with the thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, even though this one doesn't wind up being a thing from another world, uh, you just it's just going to be a you know a three or four hour night of bodies melting and ripping and screaming. And I, there's a lot of things you could pair with the thing. I think this one, you get that eighties practical, just yeah, body stuff. It, it really can't go wrong. With any of these nights. I like it a lot. Uh, before we get into the ranking, is there any other kind of talk about the, the movie in particular, scenes that stood out, moments that stood out, anything for either of you? So uh, I like you mentioned earlier about how he just bolts out of the, the van. Did anybody think uh, when you're rewatching it that whenever he just disappears in the town that he's bolting or did everybody assume that he was going for the uh, snowmaker, you know, the, the, the snow machine for the, the ski slopes that's coming up? I, I instantly thought he was going for this, the ski slopes, but you know, I could see because he bolts early that he might bolt again, too. I, yeah, I didn't know that was going to be the next, that wasn't, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, when he gets, when they get out of the sewer and he runs off and he runs into the garage. And so I instantly, when he went into the garage, I instantly knew he was going for that. Sure. But I wonder if anybody thought that maybe he was, there was a car in there that he was going to take and just bolt out. No, at this point, he's our hero. I I didn't doubt him. I, uh, maybe the, maybe, uh. What's his face? I can't remember who did uh, uh, the Last Jedi. Maybe he would have tried to subvert our expectations a little there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Brain Johnson would have just had him do a nosedive straight into the blob instead of <laughs> getting the car and just dissolve into him. <laughs> do and then do the Terminator thumbs up. <laughs> I hope with two shoulder shakes. Because yeah. he's always walking with his shoulders, and I hope it's like shoulder, shoulder, thumb. Because <laughs> <laughs> he does that th- when he flips them off. Uh, <laughs> one point, so good. Yeah. Uh, Brian, do you have any more uh, call outs on here? Call outs? Um, no, nothing. Nothing sticks out a lot. I do have. I I don't know if you wanted to get to this now or later, but sweet treats. Yeah. And real quick, because I, I week to week, I think we should remind the audience what a what one of Brian's tasty treats or one of Brian's sweet treats are. What is a Brian's sweet treat when you're watching a movie? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh well, it's it's something if you're, I mean, if you're a little too into paying attention to what's going on when you should just be enjoying the film, uh, you can catch things and they tell you things about uh, stuff that may not be quite apparent or could be very apparent um i'm going to say with this particular movie it's apparent that this is a tourist town 
they rely on tourist trade. Uh, what the trade is, is it is uh, skiing because they're going to use those snow machines to produce snow when it doesn't naturally occur. Uh, the town is near Sacramento, California. Uh, fictionally, it is near Sacramento, California. It's in like the north eastern section and there are a lot of ski resorts out there so that's where they place the movie i actually this is what i did when i looked stuff up i was like i gotta find a sweet treat because arthur's gonna want one <laughs> and uh, i gotta find something well in searching for the approximate location of this fictional town i discovered that they made an error uh they said that they've closed off highway 31 there is no Highway 31 in that part of the country. Uh, Highway uh, 31 is near where they actually shot part of the movie, which is in Louisiana. Sure. So they closed off the wrong highway. That's fantastic. I I absolutely love that. And when you were talking about that, it reminded me of one more thing, even though it's not exactly related, that I wanted to run through with you guys. They left it open for a sequel. Yes, they did. Yes. Wait, wait, why? Why did the preacher now burned like think that the blob was the second coming? Is he trying to like what is happening there? I wanted did the blob get... in L.A. Man, what are we doing here? There's still wait. time, Hollywood. Yeah, but there was a sequel right. teased at the end of this movie. Where's oh. our son of the blob remake? Son of there was a son of the blob in the seventy. Yeah. Zach, what would you have done with the sequel? Uh, what would I have done with the sequel? Yeah. Oh man, I think I would have uh, started off with the little blobby. Uh, I don't know, throwing it at people and letting it eat them, and then just blown it up and ravished a church. I guess because it's a preacher that has it. <laughs> it would know, be interesting. Man. It would be interesting if you could pull off like a cult of the blob. Um, yeah, but if I, he had some way to, like, if by keeping it there, maybe he could train it to animate his his flock or something. I really want this movie now. Like <laughs> the the cult <laughs> of the blob. Uh, feel free to steal it for the Hollywood person that listens to this, but just bring us along for bit characters or something. Yeah, uh, man. I, I and I should have looked up the box office stuff to see why it didn't get, you know, m made or something. I guess maybe it didn't quite hit right. But I think back then they didn't really intentionally set up for sequels. They just wanted to leave you with a bit of a scare, like, oh, it's still out there. That's kind of sure. Creepy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think it was going to be intentionally made to be having a sequel. Just, just like, oh, let's throw that there at the end to kind of give them a spook. You know, what happens to the preacher at the end? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I wonder. Either... Oh, go ahead, Arthur. Well, I was just gonna say, I wonder with him, with Chuck Russell working on uh, Elm Street three or something, just realized the power of leaving in the door open, or maybe someone involved in the studio or something. So I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't research, but I want. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I. I uh... I agree too. I believe it might be somewhat disappointing on the effects end. Unfortunately, there's going to be the draw to do CGI. 
Yeah, I, I, I want it to have happened back then. Yeah. I still would take it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would take a crazy preacher who passed it on to his crazy preacher, Children of the Corn Kid, and yeah. who has made a weird, crazy, uh, evangelical blob murder cult. Let's go. I, I mean, maybe that's we right. can just make something of our own, but that's that's where I would have taken it with that blob pet of a traveling tent preacher. Not to go on it too much longer, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something about what I just said about the whole CGI versus practical. Now I understand that practical effects aren't always up to you know to snuff. In this movie, there's a bit of a, a, a snafu, if you will, with the first major kill, which was on the boyfriend. If you look at his arm. It's a little too loose. It just looks like a sleeve he's in. <laughs> it's like, oh, they could have tightened that up a bit. Just a bit. That's the only... It looks kind of hokey. I, how, how did you like the jump on the old man when it first gets on his hand? How did you like how it jumped up the stick? Oh, yeah. That's all right. I liked it. That's, yeah. that's a direct callback to the original film. Because that's how it happens in the original film. He has it poking with stick and it just jumps to the end of it. Nice. So I thought that was really cool. <clears throat> um have either of you seen the original Steve McQueen version? I have. It's been four years. Yeah, too long. So in the original Steve McQueen, they don't, you know, obviously they don't crash a snowmobile into it and blow it up to freeze it. But they um, freeze it with uh, fire extinguishers, CO2 fire extinguishers, and then the government packs it up and they drop it in the Arctic. And it has one of my <laughs> favorite lines. It's, well, just hope the Arctic doesn't thaw out. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So everybody, a movie from the 50s, the villain is coming. <laughs> There's your sequel, Arthur. As long as the world doesn't accidentally heat up, spoiler alert, it did. The day after tomorrow when the blob showed up. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's rank them. Uh, currently, uh, if you're new to the Lost Remote podcast, we... Rank the greatest movie of all time, but the greatest movie of all time can only be pulled from movies we have watched and reviewed on the show. Currently, greatest movie of all time is Poltergeist, followed in a close second by Hellraiser. Where does this fit for you guys? I'll go first. Uh, Poltergeist wins again. Okay. Then the follow-up question has to be uh, Blob or Hellraiser? Ooh, I'll have to say Blob over Hellraiser. Okay. This is this, my remember my ranking system is if we were to choose between those two movies, which one would I prefer to watch? Yeah. So I hate, hate to piggyback, but I completely agree. Uh, Poltergeist is it's a classic. It's been in my rotation. It's going to stay there. And the blob, this is, like I said, the first time I've seen it in many years, but I will watch it again. Yeah. I mean, it was a fun movie, but mm-hmm. to me, Poltergeist is number one and then the blobs number two. As I'm taking the notes here, I'm trying to like listen, and I'm having so much trouble with Poltergeist tonight. And when I typed it, <laughs> Brian said it. I wrote Poltergeist, Poltergeist, Blob, and Hellraiser. I, you know, like we talked about when we rank these, it could be what you would want to see. It could be what you think is better, even though it's not the one you pull out every year. Uh, I would rather watch the blob over all three of these any day of the week. So I'm, I'm going to break the cycle. Uh, hey, 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 we've only reviewed three. So how can you watch the blob over all three? Uh, 
out of the three. <laughs> out of Pulser Gergergeist, Poltergeist, and Hellraiser. Gergergeist. <laughs> so, so that means Hell or Poltergeist, still the greatest movie of all time. Blob in a close second. But in the future, as we get some stuff slotted in there, there might be some blob tiebreakers won by the different ordering. I haven't figured out how the point weight works, but there will be some tiebreaker stuff I will figure out well, yeah. at some point in time. Yeah, I mean, we need we more data. But if you were going to recommend whether or not, I also think we should just start doing a you should watch this or you can skip this. Uh, across the board, the blob, you should watch it, right? Yes. Yeah, you should you should definitely check it out. It's it's a fun watch. It's it flows really well. It's really pretty quick. I mean, it. I don't remember. Like I said, I don't don't really pay attention to the runtime. I just if I get lost in it or if I'm just bored out of my mind watching it, and the blob flows really well. I was into it the whole time. It's just a great fun watch. The eighties have it down. Make the kills physical. Keep it under ninety. <laughs> yeah. Move it along. Move yeah. it along. Just like that. So, good stuff. I think that's that's our hits. Uh, Zach, do you want to tell the audience what we're coming back with next week? So, guys, next week we're going to take a trip into the woods and check out uh, Sam Ramy and Bruce Campbell's first attempt at the Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited. I think one we've all watched quite a few times. Definitely want to call out any anything else from anybody? Any any call outs on the blob here? Uh, you know, I like that Ellie Mae Clampett was in it and yep. she was the she was one of the victims. She she this is before she fell in the submarine with uh, Steven Seagal <laughs> and before <laughs> she before she moved to Beverly, but it was it was just a quick cameo. That's that's another thing, like you mentioned. Inner time as a lifeguard, don't forget that. Oh yeah, just the the amount of people that actually went on to be in some other successful movies that were in this and yeah. a lot of recognized scattered faces, as Arthur said, I believe it's just like. Mm-hmm. So, we like to try to point people where to see the movie. Uh, unfortunately, at the moment, the Blob's not on any of your membership streaming stuff. It's on all the normal uh, rent it or buy it digital services. You know, probably Voodoo, iTunes, Amazon, all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll call out the two different physical copies I have. The Shout Factory Blue that came out the other year is awesome. Uh, Shout Factory, Arrow, Vinegar Syndrome, they all do amazing releases. There's a lot of great interviews on it. Uh, I haven't listened to the commentary yet, but I'll probably let it roll during work in the next week or so. Uh, so that's a good one to try to find and pick up and shop factory stuff always retains value. I also have, and you might look for one of these, one of those like random horror, like four packs. And in the four, four movie horror unleashed collection, listen to this lineup. It's got mm-hmm. the blob. It's got Christine fright night and the Ooh. seventh sign. This is a four pack. Yes, it is. This was is how seven you... bucks when you bought it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have been one of those like nine ninety nine, you know, type of purchases or something. You know, it's one where two movies are on each disc and stuff like that. It's not going to be the greatest uh, bit rate or something if that's your concern. But if you want to stretch your buck and see some stuff, we'll probably 
you know, review later as far as like Fright Night absolutely oh. has to come up at some point because that's a blast. But that's just I, I love this collection. Just looking at it like you can't help but look at those four movie posters and think that would be a good night. Yeah. So, yeah, that's four that's packs good... tend to be awesome. Like you can get you just walk by we're just random DVDs go oh, look there's a four pack uh, I recognize one of those movies I'll buy this four pack and yep. then you discover three other movies some of them hit and miss you know but sure. uh, yeah well worth it ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us once again on the Lost Remote podcast uh, reminder you can interact with us on Twitter at Lost Remote Pod. And you can email us at lostremotepod at gmail.com. We're also available in all the places it seems like where podcasts are. We just hit Apple. We're on Apple Podcasts now. We're that legitimate. And uh, we're going to just try to keep bringing you weekly uh, reviews and conversations here. Uh, Zach, anything to say to the people on the way out? Uh, no, guys, um, if you want to see it, we're like I said, we'll be doing Evil Dead next week. It is currently available on Netflix. Uh, so, hey, go ahead and do us a horse, stab that subscribe button or notifications and get updates whenever we come out. And if you have any positive, negative feedback, drop it for us. We want to continue to do a good show. We want to get better. If you think we suck, tell us. If you think we did good, tell us. We really want to know. Brian, take it home. All right, folks. Just, just. Stay away from crashing meteors, all right? You just just call your local government officials, maybe the sheriff. Just say, hey, sheriff, something's crashed to the ground, you know? But, um, you know, just, just be safe. No, no caustic creatures from beyond the skies, you know? We don't, we don't, this is not the time. The country can't handle the blob. Not now. Thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah.